Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Saturday night or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username in all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. So today is a Saturday, and as per every single Saturday, I have various language learning events that I run. Today in particular, we had three events. I had a French conversation event, a Spanish conversation event, and a general event for anyone who likes language learning, where we went out to grab some Chinese food at one of my favorite Chinese restaurants in the city. Overall, fantastic day. These Saturdays are a lot of fun for me. And generally speaking, these events are going quite strong. For people who have, who, for people who have been keeping up with the podcast episodes the past, um, I would say, week or maybe, yeah, past week or so, you guys know that I have been really considering taking things a little bit further, taking things to another level with my language learning events. So I want to start uh, making some more events, having other people host additional events on other days. And ultimately, I think as of today, I think what I want to start to build towards is build towards having basically a whole wide variety of different activities that one could do in a wide variety of languages. So yoga in Spanish, hiking in Hindi, you know, Gujarati, whatever, you know, video editing in this language, like a whole variety of different activities offered in different languages. I think that'd be really cool. And that's kind of, as of today, again, things could change, but as of today, that is kind of the direction that I think I want to start going in. So right now I'm just taking some baby steps, uh, just taking some baby steps, for example, looking for people to host additional events on days where I'm not necessarily there. So maybe on a weekday evening when I'm typically teaching or whatever it is, um, that's definitely something that I'm, con I'm currently uh, kind of considering doing as of right now. Another thing I want to jump on here, and this is not necessarily super duper language related, but it's something that occurred to me, and I think it's going to be useful if I bring this up for the people listening. I realized recently that I have been beating, I have been beating myself up more than I am comfortable with. Like literally, I was uh, last night, just before going to sleep, I'm laying there in bed. And for me personally, when I'm laying there in bed at nighttime, I have these very deep thoughts sometimes, and I have realizations. And so I'm laying there, and it hit me very suddenly. I was like, man, I keep beating myself up, not necessarily just in languages, but in general. I'll be thinking to myself like, man, you're not doing enough health stuff. What's going on? Or you're not doing enough, you know, uh, Gujarati study or Chinese studying. Why? Oh, you're, you're really struggling with blah, blah, blah. What's going on? We've got to fix that. And it's this constant thing. Basically every day I have these thoughts at some point during the day of, man, I'm not doing, insert something in the blank here, very well. And I think that's healthy. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think it's important to realize what you are doing well versus what you aren't doing well. And it's important to be reevaluating, adjusting, making changes. That's important. It definitely is. But I think that the thing that I was doing is I, I was putting a little bit too much of a negative emotion 
and attaching a little bit too much of a negative emotion on some of my decisions. A good practical example of this would be uh, there was one day where I went to bed really late at night um, because I was watching um, the new series of Daredevil. And I remember the next day kind of being mad at myself for making that decision. I was like, damn it, Hasman, why did you do that? That wasn't smart. Like, what, what were you thinking? And I realized like, well, hang on a second. Why are you doing that? That's not bad to stay up till two, three in the morning watching a TV series. Why am I considering that bad? Especially because I still got the sleep I wanted. I made sure I got seven and a half hours of sleep, which is fine for me. I still adjusted. I made sure like I planned for it. Like I, I still did it in a conscious way where I was able to function the next day and have a, a relatively speaking decent day. And like, it just hit me. I was like, man, that negative attachment to the introspectiveness needs to go away, at least for me. And so I've been, I've been very conscious since, I guess, just today. Actually, is it today? Uh, today and maybe even, oh no, yes, yesterday and today. I've been very, very mindful and conscious to, yes, continue to be introspective, continue to realize what's going well, what's not going well, what needs more attention, what needs less attention. Continue to be doing all that great, fantastic introspective work. But I've made it a rule to not look back and get mad at myself or upset with myself or or feel negatively about a decision that I made in the past. Because it doesn't change anything. You just have to recognize it, realize that, okay, that was a good idea or not a good idea and try your best to learn from it. Um, just a big thing I wanted to share on the podcast because I think, you know, although every human is unique, we're really in some respects pretty damn similar. And if I'm having these kinds of thoughts, there's probably a percentage of the podcast listeners that are having these kinds of thoughts as well. And maybe me sharing an insight that I had recently can help one, two, three, four, five, ten of you, right? So just wanted to kind of throw that out there and share that one little piece of non-language learning, but also interesting kind of insight. Another personal thing I want to share with you guys is I've been watching Daredevil recently. Do you guys like Marvel? I love Marvel. I love DC. I love the whole, like, I, I love superheroes and comics and all of that. It's so interesting. And this Daredevil, even if you're not watching it on Netflix right now, I would recommend you watch even just, I would say, go on YouTube and search up cool Daredevil fight scenes or something like that. It's artistic, man. The way they are making these fight scenes in Daredevil is just, it's so well choreographed. The camera work is amazing. And I'm not even an expert in fight choreography or any of it, but it's just, it's artistic. When you're watching it, you're like, whoa, this is well done. Holy guacamole. Like this is like, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a treat to watch. You can tell they put a lot of thought into it and, and effort into it. And it's just interesting. So even if you're not watching it, at a minimum, I'd recommend you go on YouTube and just search up like fight scenes from Daredevil and just kind of watch some of the cool things that they're doing and creative ways that they're working with the camera and everything. It's just really, really kind of fascinating. Anyway, that's enough of non-learning, non-language learning stuff. Let's jump into some language learning topics. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you. There's nothing crazy coming to mind today. Uh, nothing crazy coming to mind today that I wanted to share apart from a couple of little anecdotes. So today I was at, uh, as I said earlier, at the language learning events that I host weekly. And there's this one individual who has a, a pretty strong level of French. 
he has a long way to go. He doesn't know everything. His vocabulary needs to continue developing. But in terms of how well he speaks and how well he communicates, many people would probably consider him to be relatively fluent. He can communicate his thoughts. He can understand a lot of stuff. Like when you talk to him, he'll understand you. He can communicate. He can, like, it seems relatively effortless, even though it's not fully effortless, but he's doing pretty, pretty freaking good with French, at least on the spoken and conversational level, okay? Um, and I was talking to him today. I said, hey, man, how long have you been learning French? Or like, how long did it take you to get to this pretty high enough level in French? Like, how, what did you do and how did you get there? And the answer was pretty crazy. It took him just about a year, just over a year for him to get to this kind of level. And to me, that was interesting because that's not the norm. I find many people that go to learn a language, they do not study for a year and suddenly kind of be at this relatively strong conversational kind of level. And I wanted to talk to him to be like, hey, what did you do? Like, tell me about this. Because again, not it's not a common thing that you see, not in the majority. And uh, I think anytime I meet people who've been able to do that kind of thing, it's nice to hear their process. And what he did interested me the most. It was just so fascinating. He said that for roughly a year, a little bit more, he was working on French five to eight hours a day, like every single day of the week. He would watch episodes of Friends or TV shows with French subtitles or French shows with English subtitles. He'd watch them and listen and watch and watch. With short YouTube videos, he would, um, like a French, a YouTube video in French, he'd play a line, listen to it, replay it, try and listen again, replay it, try and listen, keep doing that over and over till he finally started to understand what's going on. And he would also use resources where someone would say something in English and then they would repeat the same thing in French, right? So they'd say a sentence in English, say it in French, say it in English, say it in French, different resources that, that use that kind of style of teaching. And of course, it is, he would use YouTube videos that would be instructional, such as, you know, here's how the pronouns work in French. Here's how to say this. Here's all the vegetables. Here's all this. And by going through this process and doing that five to eight hours a day, you know, in a span of about a year, he was able to achieve this. If I had to kind of guesstimate it, I would say maybe an upper B1 kind of level in French, which is for all intents and purposes, an upper B1 in French is pretty freaking good, right? And if we think about that, I think it would have been from June to June, that's six months, additional two months. So it looks like about 14 months of that. So let's see, it's how many days is that? Let's pull out a calculator. Let's just say it was like 365 days times five hours a day. Let's average it out. Let's say it was like 6.5 hours. So he put about 2,373 hours, right? Over the span of a year, plus whatever he did in the next couple of months after that. So call it 2,500-ish hours. And he's able to get to this B1, uh, this upper B1 kind of level in conversation. And I wanna point out a few big things from this story that I heard from this individual today who I've now been getting to know week by week. He's been coming to a lot of events. Um, number one, I think it was it's important to notice his dedication. Anybody who wants to get to a decently, even if it's like a decently high level, like an upper B1 or a B1, whatever it is, if you want to get to that that kind of level, an intermediate kind of level in a year or two years, in, in, in let's say less than three years, you need to be putting in 
a disciplined amount of daily effort. Like, daily. And it's got to be daily like, like, like he was going intensive. He's doing five to eight hours a day. So he was working at a, where was he working? He was working at the time, but when he wasn't at work, he was focusing on French. It was a very single-minded focus, right? So that's something I really want to point out because people are trying to achieve a high level, a very high level in, um, in another language. It has to have that kind of high focus, that high discipline, daily, multiple hours. It has to be disciplined that way. Another thing I want to point out is that is that the I guess you could say he was using a decent variety of strategies. So he was using uh, obviously all videos, which he said, but he was using videos that said something in English and repeated repeated that same thing in French. He was watching TV shows where he wasn't really analyzing, he was just kind of watching, right? He would watch shorter videos where he would analyze sentence by sentence, word per word. He would watch instructional videos where they would teach you certain categories of vocabulary or grammar or whatever it is. There's a decent variety of things that he was using to get to the level that he has now. And that I think is an important thing to be looking at. I think some people don't necessarily incorporate a decent variety. I think another thing that he did, was, which was really good, and this is a kind of side note he said, um, is I asked him when he was saying he would watch TV shows. For example, he watched Friends and he'd watch it with the French subtitles. And I said, oh, so when you watch Friends, would you like pause sentence by sentence? And he said, well, no, because that would take like forever just to get through one episode, which is 100% an excellent, excellent point. So he was mindful to realize that if he were to pause every sentence for him, that did not sound appealing. That would not necessarily work for him. Versus for me, if I'm going through a movie, I know myself, I'll watch the movie the first time without really stopping, but I probably will go through, maybe not the whole movie, but a good chunk of the movie, sentence by sentence myself afterwards. I will go back and do it, and I will not necessarily get discouraged or not necessarily feel, you know, that it's a waste of time or anything like that. That strategy will work for me. And so it was good to see that level of self-awareness on his part. That was something that was really cool really really cool for me to see the other thing and this one is more debatable a little bit more controversial i'm not sure how this would really play out but um it was how do i say this i i wonder to what extent there was a little bit of a natural skill set coming into play what i mean by that is just like with math just like with sports just like with anything in life any skill some people do have a little bit more of a natural inclination for that skill than another person would. So I've given this example before. I'm not necessarily the most coordinated person in the world when it comes to gross motor skills. So for stuff like dancing or stuff like sports, like it might take me a little bit extra time to figure it out than, you know, someone next to me. So I do wonder if he has, if this one individual has some kind of natural ability or something in his brain that would make it a little bit simpler for him than for other people. Now, changing gears a little bit, changing, kind of changing gears, I want to talk about something that is uh, slightly different, but also in the in the realms of languages. Um, so at the same table, when I was talking to this one individual, there was someone sitting, again, close to me, right? And I noticed that she would sometimes, or actually quite often, she was forgetting a lot of the new concepts and words that she was learning at this language learning event that I was hosting. And it reminded me, it made me realize something. 
a very common occurrence with my students and heck, even with myself, me, Azrin, as a language learner, a common occurrence is between lessons, often people forget the words that they learned in the last lesson. Or even in what was happening today, the one lady, she would forget a word that she learned 60 seconds before. Like it just was not, the words would not stick in her brain. And I've seen this happen to so many people, myself included. It is so common, right? And, and it got me thinking that, wait a second, what's happening here? Why are we forgetting words? I can understand between lessons what's happening. If you have a lesson on a Monday and a lesson on a Thursday, I can I understand maybe between Monday and Thursday, you didn't study at all. You didn't practice too much. You didn't really do much. So when you get to Thursday, your brain does your brain can't recall everything that you did. I think that's pretty normal. That's understandable. But what's happening in the lesson itself? Why is it that you can learn a word and then forget it 60 seconds later? I've had the experience. I'm sure you guys have had the experience too. Well, here's kind of my hypothesis. My hypothesis on the topic is that we are, when we learn something, we learn this vocabulary, we learn this stuff, I think we're not putting the word deep enough into our brain. We're not really fully absorbing it into our brain. So this lady, a good example, this lady today, um, at first, she didn't have a, a pen and paper, um, which is understandable, I didn't tell her to, so like I didn't ask them to, but she didn't have one. And so she would forget the words. And then I gave her a pen and paper. I was like, hey, we should write this, we should write this down. It seems like a smart idea. The second she started to write, her retention of the words started to go up and she started to absorb them more. So I think we need to make sure that when we're learning new things that we are actually fully absorbing them and they are sinking into our brains. A lot of people when they're learning stuff, it's not, they haven't done enough for it to sink in. And it's important because, you know, especially if we go on a different tangent here, with languages, we all have different strengths and weaknesses. I have a decently good ear, for example. Other people don't have a good ear, but they have a good eye, meaning they could recognize the word if they see it, but if they hear it, it's not they will not necessarily understand. And I started to see this pattern with a lot of people where I teach them, where they learn a word, whether I taught it to them, whatever it was, they learn it. But the second I say it, even if it's just the one word, there's a disconnect between hearing the word in whatever language and connecting it to meaning. I've noticed this. This is a common trait among people who are not used to, who do not have a lot of experience learning other languages. They have a, a there's some kind of disconnect between learning a foreign sounding word and connecting it to meaning. I've noticed this. And I'll be honest, I'm, I'm still figuring out how to help people's brains make the connection. Like I haven't found the full answer. There's, there's people I work with, there's people I have worked with in hindsight when I look back at it, that that was the problem. It didn't matter that they learned that this word means this. It doesn't matter that they learned that this word and we connected it to a, pic a picture. It doesn't matter that they wrote practice sentences. There's something like, it's almost like, and this isn't the truth. This isn't really what's going on. But in my brain, the knee jerk reaction is the part of their brain that associates foreign sounds to foreign sounds to meaning is broken. It's like whatever part of the brain that is, it's not, it's a muscle they haven't used. It's like, uh, I, for example, this sounds really funny. Um, I can't stretch my, I don't stretch my toes, but I recently learned that stretching your toes is a thing. 
you can stretch your toes and like your toes can actually have more flexibility, which I had no idea. So my toes are very inflexible. Like when I do toe stretch exercises, this sounds so strange, but when I do it, it's my toes are stiff and I'm like, whoa, how, what? My toes don't even know what's going on, right? And they're not cooperating. <laughs> and I think that happens with the brain too. There's people that have not used that part of their brain. And that is actually one reason I think as to why some people think that they are quote unquote bad at learning languages. Some people, actually a good percentage of people feel like they're bad at learning languages. I used to say it's because of how, I used to think it's because of how languages are taught in schools. And I do think that languages taught in schools sometimes are not taught in the best way. I do think that is a factor. Although I will say that for some people, I think there is a factor that the part of the brain that has to associate meaning with what you hear, a foreign sound, they're not used to using that, they're not used to actually using that part of the brain. Similarity, similarly, excuse me, similarly, I think some people also don't have the practice of pronouncing foreign sounds with their mouth. The same way that if I were to tell most of you, hey, I'm going to give you five tennis balls and I want you to juggle them. You're, you don't even, your body doesn't even know how to start. You start to think about other people you've seen juggle. You're like, what did they do? Can I do that? But no, no matter what you do, like no matter what, you're, you do not have the muscle memory to even begin successfully juggling five tennis balls, let alone three tennis balls, actually. You couldn't even do three. So if I gave you five and you tried to juggle them, you would fail miserably, unless there's like a juggler listening to this podcast. Who knows? But, right? And so it's what it's some, I think with some people, it's pronouncing the, the sounds and remembering the grammar and applying the grammar. All these, this plethora of skills that we have to know to be able to learn a new language. I do think a lot of people just have not practiced doing it. Their brain has not been used in that way. And so the same way you would drop five juggling balls, I think a lot of people just drop the ball with learning a language. Not everybody, but some people. It's just hard for them. The brain doesn't know what to do. Like if I had to learn, I'll give one last example, then we'll either end the podcast or move on to something else. Um, it's like if you, like me, I don't dance a lot. Like whether it's dancing like an actual dance with steps, like salsa or like, you know, some African dances or whatever, any kind of dances with steps or even just a like casual dancing in the club or like, it's just not something I do very often, right? And so for me, like, I remember it was years ago. I don't know, when, when was it? It must've been like, I was like early in university. My one friend booked a club for some reason. I, I forget what the purpose was, but he booked a club for this event where they had like Latin dancing and he booked the whole thing. This is, I don't know how he did it, but anyway. And so he brought someone in to teach us, give us a crash course in bachata, right? And I remember when he was teaching it, like my body just didn't know how to hit the steps the right way and like to do the steps right. Like I remember it very vividly, like like feeling like a, like some tree that's trying to learn how to walk like a tree, unless you're that walking tree that exists. And what's it called? And uh, what's that name of the walking tree? There's a tree that can walk and well, quote unquote walk. Anyway, it's like a tree trying to learn how to walk. That's like me trying to learn how to move my feet and do the right dance. Cause I just don't have that dance experience versus other friends I have that dance, you know, maybe they dance an African dance. And when they go and learn an Indian dance, for example, 
maybe it comes natural because they can see some similarities. They can do stuff. They can figure it out. They can transfer some of those skills. So anyway, um, anything else I want to say? Nah, not really. Let's wrap that up there. I think that's everything I have to say for today's podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you I hope you uh, have a good rest of your weekend. Hope you're having a good weekend so far. And we will talk in the next podcast episode. Bye for now, guys. See you.